Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1740, an excerpt from the book, Flirting with Darkness, by Ben Corson, and I'm Justin Mollick. Welcome to Optimal Living Daily, or the OLD podcast, where I read to you from some of the best blogs and articles I can find and get permission from, but sometimes books like today. And I'll keep this intro short and tell you about the author right after the excerpt, so for now, let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. an excerpt from the book, Flirting with Darkness, by Ben Corson. Weapon number three, the magic number of greatness. I got to a point in my struggle with depression where something needed to change. While suffering so badly, I finally decided to do something about it. The 10,000 hour rule saved my life. In his book, Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell demonstrated that to be truly great at anything, you have to put in 10,000 hours of practice. People such as world chess champion Bobby Fischer, businessman Bill Joy, and IBM founder Bill Gates are among the many examples Gladwell gives of people who excelled because they accelerated. They focused and worked hard and gave at least 10,000 hours to becoming the best at what they did. Gladwell showed that whether you want to be a fiction writer or a master criminal, a hockey player, or a pianist, 10,000 hours was the magic number of greatness. I bent my mind to that goal as a writer and speaker. I resolved to stop wasting my energies processing psychological trauma and to go in a diametrically opposed direction. Instead of despairing over why my dreams weren't coming to pass, I decided to commit myself to working my fingers to the bone to ensure they did. Psychologist John Hayes, quote, looked at how long it took the best composers of all time to create their first great work. He found that nobody, including Mozart, who was a child prodigy, had produced a piece of work of any significance until about 10 years after they had first taken up music. No amount of innate talent, even in a field of genius such as music, could overcome the years of practice necessary to create work. Someone may be talented, they may be lucky, but they still have to go through 10 years of practice in order to become a master, end quote. When Churchill came to power during World War II, he said this as he was being inaugurated into office as prime minister, quote, I offer you nothing save blood, toil, tears, and sweat, end quote. Like Churchill, I was ready to go to battle. I knew the path would be difficult, but I was ready to claim my own finest hour. Getting better starts with just getting off your tush and doing something. So I did. My goal was to become a writer and a speaker, so I put in the needed hours. I nearly worked myself to death, but it was infinitely better than brooding. I found the effort cathartic and fulfilling. My spirits began to lift. 
I figured I had two options. Number one, either get discouraged that my dreams were not coming to pass, or number two, spend the effort of getting prepared for when they did. Legendary preacher Charles Spurgeon advised his students to stop worrying about when they would get their shot at speaking and concentrate instead on their ability and then let God take care of the opportunity. In other words, quit fretting over the how and focus on the what. I took these words to heart and focused on my skill set as I improved my craft. Our English word amateur comes from a French, Italian, and Latin root, which means to love. A novice works when he loves a process and it feels good. A professional is someone who works seven days a week whether he feels like it or not. Today, my TV show, Hope Generation, is on 20 different networks in more than 180 countries, and my radio show is heard on more than 400 stations daily. I get to speak in stadiums and arenas. My quote-unquote overnight success came through hours of hard work. How you'll spend your 10,000 hours may be different from how I spent mine, but you'll find, as I did, a clear focus and a way of getting off the existential treadmill of despair. It'll transform your life. By the age of 21, the average American has put 10,000 hours of practice into computer and video games. Why not use those hours for something more productive? How hard do you hustle in the darkness determines how brightly you shine in the spotlight. To prepare for speaking to people, I got really good at lecturing my furniture. My chairs were my captive audience. I remember that Billy Graham once said he got his start by preaching to alligators before he preached in stadiums. You have to start with the small stuff and work your way up. So I took every opportunity that presented itself. I spoke to classes of little kids, at homeless shelters, at old folks' homes, and to student clubs. I volunteered to take the opportunities others turned down. I got lots of practice. When other speakers turned an organization or church down, I said yes, and I did this for several years. Only the small-minded person will refuse the small task. For me, if I had an audience of four people, that was enough to get some more practice, to put in some more hours toward my 10,000-hour goal. Jesus said that if you are faithful in a few small things, you will be given responsibility over bigger ones, Matthew 25. That sounded good to me. Yes, sometimes I did feel like Sisyphus, the tragic hero of Greek mythology who had to roll a boulder up a hill only to see it roll back down, then roll it back up again only for it to roll back down again, repeatedly. I was stubborn in my pursuit. It was a great weapon against despair to keep working in spite of how I felt. Which puts me in the mind of a scene from Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. In the first book of that trilogy, The Fellowship of the Ring, a band of warriors is commissioned to travel to the ends of the earth to destroy the evil ring of power by casting it into Mount Doom. During their long journey, Gandalf, who was their leader, was thought to be killed in the mines of Moria. In response, Aragorn stepped up to lead the band in his stead. Amid his grief and despair, he cried out, Farewell, Gandalf, what hope have we without you? Then he turned to the fellowship and said, We must do without hope. Let us gird ourselves and weep no more. Come we have a long road. Like that epic trek to Mount Doom, healing is usually a long journey. We normally don't start feeling better overnight. Sometimes we must go on when we feel absolutely no hope. Our quest leads down a winding path, and it's sometimes fraught with trolls and goblins and all manner of dark creatures. But psychological heroism is possible, and such a journey is worth taking. Like Aragorn and Frodo, I set my foot upon my own path out of depression. I gave up my flirtation with darkness and began to tread the road toward a grand purpose. And it worked. After many, many years, the dreams I had begun to despair finally came true. New ones came into sight. 
but it all began by putting one foot in front of the other. If you allow yourself to just sit around in a partly catatonic state, stuffing yourself with junk food as a form of therapy and watching countless hours of television, you'll probably never start feeling better. But I tell you that if you get off the couch and venture into the world to do something toward your goals, things will start to change in your heart and mind. If you pull yourself out of bed and get going on your dreams, that's how you'll begin the journey to healing your broken spirit. You just listened to an excerpt from the book, Flirting with Darkness by Ben Corson. And thank you to Ben. He's an international speaker, best-selling author, TV and radio personality, and a pastor. He's been featured on Fox, Hallmark Channel, TBN, ABC Family, and other mainstream media outlets. And his TV show, Hope Generation with Ben Corson, is broadcast in 180 countries, and his radio show airs on more than 400 stations nationally. Learn more about Ben Corson at bencorson.com. Corson is spelled C-O-U-R-S-O-N. And thank you again to Ben and his team and Harvest House Publishers for letting me share his work. I'll leave it at that for today. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for being here and listening to me and for subscribing to the show. I'll be back tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.